From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm delighted to welcome you today. It is Monday, brand new week. Here we go again. I'm telling you, we are excited and thankful for the privilege that we have to be right here on this station every day, five days a week, looking forward to a wonderful week here and trust that the Lord will give us some very, very good things. I'm going today and maybe for a few days this week, maybe all of the week, we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy and looking at something I'm just entitling, So Here We Are. Now, we need to look carefully at a number of things and the solutions to the issues that we deal with as laid out here in the Word of God. So often, you know, we look at uh, things like, uh, well, uh, what does the government say? Or what does the media say? Or what does uh, the university say? Other things like that. We're looking sometimes at uh, human solutions to human problems when we really need to look to God and look to heaven for heaven's solutions to human problems. And whenever heaven speaks, earth does much, much better. And you and I know that. I'm telling you, if you're a Christian, if you've been serving the Lord very long, you know that to be true. But sometimes we still lose sight of it. So we're going to look at that theme. So here we are and see what we do with that. I think you'll find it to be an interesting and helpful study, and we'll get to that momentarily. Let me just remind you, I'm in Panama City, Florida today, and uh, we'll be again tomorrow, two nights, Monday and Tuesday, this week, at the Central Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida. I hope that if you live somewhere in the Florida Panhandle, southern Alabama, those areas, I hope that you'll plan to be with us. We're going to have a great, great conference there Tonight and tomorrow night, 7 p.m., both nights. Now, don't forget, National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming July 17 through 20, and you get on the Sword of the Lord website at swordofthelord.com for the details. You're going to like it, and I hope that you'll plan to be with us, bring your family, and we will look forward to seeing you there on July 17 through 20 at the Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. Now, let's get right to our study today, and we're going to start in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and read this passage that uh, will be familiar to a lot of you, but let's look at it very, very carefully. Chapter 3, 2 Timothy verse 1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, let me just stop right here to say, This is where I get the idea. So, here we are. Well, what are these last days? Well, according to the Bible, the last days began with the crucifixion and the ascension of Christ. From that time forward, we have been in the last days. Now, sometimes I hear people say, well, maybe we're in the last of the last days. Well, every day that passes, we are one day closer to the last of the last days. One day closer. We don't know when the Lord's returning. We don't know when the end of time will come, but we do know that it's coming. And whenever that is, obviously, you and I need to be on track with every day that we live and breathe. So let's pay attention here to what he tells us. In the last days, perilous times shall come. You say, well, where is that developing? Well, let's look and see what he tells us. Verse 2, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, 
truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And listen to this, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And listen, once again, here is a pointed instruction. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Dear friends, this is where we are in these times. I mean, whenever you think about here in America, in our nation, and certainly those of you who listen to me outside the USA, whether you're in Canada or Mexico or uh, down in South America or in Asia or Europe or Africa, and many of you do listen from all of those places in the world. And I want to just simply say to you, your nation as well is facing this very same scenario. It is really a global phenomenon that we're talking about that we are seeing unfolding before us. I mean, who would have thought that here in America, where we have enjoyed freedom, we would have such restraints being put on us. Who would have thought here in America, where we have had a virtual safety uh, among ourselves, but now then so much violence inside the nation, who would have thought that would develop like it has? I mean, when you think about the last decade, the last quarter century, the last half century, the last 60 years, 70 years or so, that all of this has just continued to escalate, who would have dreamed that such a thing would come to pass. Well, if we were reading our Bible, we'd have every reason to imagine that some of that would develop. Now, we'd be putting it off and saying, well, it's going to be the next generation, or it'll be the next century. Well, look, some of us lived in the 20th century, and now we're into the 21st century, and uh, we keep looking and saying, well, look, it's not put off. It's here. It's now. This is the time. We've got it in our country. And really, if you looked at what I just read here from the Scripture and said that's the picture of a Christless world? Well, it is a picture of our Christless world, but more accurately, if you look at this passage and see what it tells you, it's more accurately a picture of the professing church world, the professing Christian world. You know, sometimes we look around and we just assume that everything that has the name Christian imprinted on it, that it's good, that it's going to be good, and yet If you look at this passage, the Lord tells us there's going to be a corrupting of the Christian message. There's going to be a compromising of the Christian way. There's going to be this kind of catastrophic development that will really put the whole Christian world into disrepute. And that is exactly what is taking place in our world. So when we say, so here we are, well, yes, we're talking about our nation, but we're also talking about the conflict that is going on among our brethren and among those who profess to be our brethren who are not our brethren at all. Now, I say that because just because you join a church doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you got baptized or took communion doesn't make you a Christian. Many people are signing on to and embracing certain aspects of the Christian message, but they're not born again. I remember a number of years ago, while I was still pastor, 
we had a family show up at our place, and uh, they were very warm. They were very friendly, and I made an appointment to visit with them in their home. And as soon as I walked in, the gentleman said, uh, we just want to join your church. And I said, well, tell me about your uh, personal life, your spiritual life. Tell me about when you were saved. He said, I've heard you talking about that the last couple of Sundays, but he said, we really don't know anything about that business of being saved. We just want to join the church. And so I said, well, let me tell you about it. And I went into some detail, and they were very warm, very receptive, listened very carefully. And when I finished, he said, you know, we really don't care about that. We just want to join the church. And I said to him, I said, sir, we have to get this settled before we can join. He said, you telling me we got to do what you're just now talking about, or we can't be a member of your church? And I said, yes, sir, that's the way it is. We believe in a saved, born-again membership in a local church. Now, they were kind, they were courteous, they sent me on my way, they did not respond, they did not receive the Savior, and they went right down the street, never came back to our place, they went right down the street and joined a church that they found that they also liked, and uh, they were still unsaved, still lost. And there are many people who are embracing a little bit, whatever pleases them. It may be something, well, this would be good for our family. Or maybe sometimes it's political. If I join there, there's a lot of business people there, and my job will be enhanced, or I'll make more money, I'll be able to make more sales. I mean, people sometimes get into church for some very, very unworthy reasons. And they go and they join, maybe they even get baptized or something like that, and yet they do not get themselves saved. They do not make ready for heaven in the process. And that's where we are. Whenever we say, so here we are, well, that is where we are these days. Now, some of us, some of us, I mean the fundamental Bible-believing churches out across the land, are still standing for what the Bible teaches about what we're to do in this regard. We are to trust the Savior. We are to come to Christ and receive Him as Savior. I mean, that's a heart decision. That's something we do from the innermost depths of our being, and we mean business about it. We understand the gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. He paid our sin debt. He purchased salvation for us. We understand that whenever we understand the gospel, and we receive that by faith. We put our trust in him, and thus he births us into the family of God. All of that because that we come to Christ. Now, a lot of folks, a lot of church folks, a lot of people who say, oh yes, I'm a Christian, but what they mean by that is, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, I'm a Presbyterian, I'm a Catholic, or whatever, but what they mean by that is not that they're saved, not that they're heaven-bound, but it means that they're just trying to do certain Christian things, and they are thus unsaved. They're not heaven-bound yet, and that is the state of so much that is going on in the churches today. Now, there are good churches, and there are a lot of them across the land. There are a lot of them that still have not caved in to all of this pressure that goes on. I was uh, down in a southern state deep in the south a few uh, years back. It's probably been 10 years ago now. And uh, I was talking about some things very similar to this in my message before the crowd that night. And at the time of the dismissal, a gentleman came by where I was standing, and he looked at me, shook my hand, and he said, It's too late. It's too late. There's nothing that can be done. We are too far gone. 
And I said to him, dear friend, if I thought it was too late, then uh, I really would uh, probably just go on vacation and we wouldn't try any longer. But I don't believe it's too late. It's never too late. As long as there's breath, we can preach the gospel. As long as there's breath, we can stand up for what's in the Bible. As long as there's breath, people can be saved. However bad they are, however wicked they are, they can be saved. I mean, all you've got to do is look at people like Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle, and know that the very worst kind of characters can come to Christ, can change, can be delivered. And whether people are down in the pit with alcohol, down in the pit with drugs, down in the pit with immorality, down in the pit with whatever— And even people who are somewhat religious, maybe they've joined a church somewhere, but they're still lost, unsaved, I mean, bound for hell, and they too can shake off the shackles of the religion that they embraced, and they too can come to Christ. But whenever we look at this passage, and we look at it carefully, and we say, oh my, it says they have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power thereof. That just tells you something about the state of things with the brethren and with others who embrace certain Christian things, calling themselves Christians when they're not really Christians at all. So many of the genuinely saved people, folks that we would identify as our brethren in Christ, we have a lot of them that are somewhat apathetic. They're uh, really listless when it comes to serving the Lord. It's like they go to church, but they're going through the motions. They're unmotivated. And dear, precious friends, in these days, listen, we need to be up and running. We need to be up and strong. We need to be standing tall for the Savior, standing true, first of all, and then standing tall. Now, when I say, so here we are, Well, that doesn't mean we have to stay there. It doesn't mean that we have to just continue to be that way. There is a way out, and God has the provision for that, and He can make it possible. Now, tomorrow we're going to look at some more of this, not only the changes that are in our nation, not only the conflict that we have with some of our brethren who are apathetic and not moving as they should, but we're going to look at all of the challenges as best we can, and I trust that you'll be with me again tomorrow, and we'll have a good time just looking at this and figuring out what God says we ought to do. Now, here's what I'd like for you to do. I really appreciate hearing from those of you who listen to the broadcast, and I hope you'll sit down and write me a note sometime soon. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day, and goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.